This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. It's Small Talk, bitch. Welcome in to episode 128 of Small Talk. Your host, Michelle Smallman and Steve Cerruti are here with you. And we said it's Small Talk, bitch, because this is the Britney episode. This is the episode that I have been secretly waiting for the entire time we've done this podcast. And truthfully, Steve, I think this is the episode that I might have been born to make. You're currently dressed like Britney. Your hair is... As soon as we saw each other on the Zoom... I was like, wait, are you doing the Britney Cosmo? You got a choker on. You have your like the straight hair from what video was that? Was that Oops, I did it again. I don't even know. Probably most of them. Of course, Um, it's Oops, Steve. I mean, she had a frosty blue eye, intense lip gloss. Her hair was in a headband with her own hair, straight hair. But yeah, I have the straight Britney hair going on. I have the choker on because we know Britney loves a choker. And I'm wearing a top, Steve, that has butterflies on it because we're all behind the free Britney movement. We need her to fly away like a butterfly and be free. We are. And can I just say this? First and foremost, my favorite phrase, I think, is it's Britney bitch. Nothing hits like it's Britney bitch. If that is said, if someone's like, it's Britney bitch, or if you say that, you're instantly just hyped, right? right. You want to get out. You want to get after it. You're in a good mood. I remember there's a guy in college that would just wear an it's Britney bitch shirt. And it was like, this guy's I awesome. I love this guy. So love that phrase first and foremost. And then I also feel like I didn't appreciate Britney as much as I should have in real time. I appreciate her more now, which is crazy. I know. I always loved the songs. I was never like a big pop guy. Um, I liked Justin for sure. I liked a lot of the Britney songs, but having heard them in preparation and researching this podcast after watching the doc, I'm like, she's, um, I want to go see her show. I want her to come back to Vegas so I could see her. I've never seen her before. Have you? Because that's like a top five concert for me, maybe. Yeah. So we're going to get into all of this. So before we dive in, let's set the groundwork here. There is a documentary that was released on FX and it was done in conjunction with the New York Times called Framing Britney Spears. And it's an incredible doc. Steve watched it before I did. And he texted me (laughs) on Friday night and he was like, holy shit, you need to watch this Britney Spears doc Mm -hmm. documentary. This is made for our podcast. And he's absolutely right. The doc tells the story of how Britney became a global superstar. It talks about how she became, I don't even think fodder is the right word, but just an obsession for the media and paparazzi and how detrimental that was to her life. They talked about her mental health issues that she dealt with and how that ultimately led to a court-ordered conservatorship that she's under, where her father was in charge of essentially every move that she made, financially or otherwise. And for a while now, for a few years, there's been this movement called the Free Britney movement, where fans have looked into this and realized that she's probably not someone that needs to be under this conservatorship. And so they have been protesting and speaking out against this. And there's been protests outside the courthouse and they think that she might be held hostage in her home. It's this entire thing. And the documentary explores that. And there's so many threads to pull out of this, but for those who haven't seen the documentary yet, we highly, highly recommend that mm-hmm. you do, but know that we are going to be talking about this the entire episode. It's not like a spoiler alert thing, right? All this no. is public knowledge. You could still listen to this pod and then watch the doc after. I mean, you could certainly wait and hit pause, watch the doc and come back. But if you listen to this first and then watch the doc, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because most of the stuff is public knowledge. There are a few things that I want to run by you that I didn't actually know uh, coming out of this doc, but okay. it was definitely eye-opening. I mean, there are things that I even that I knew about, but I didn't know the extent 
Um, paparazzi, my God, I didn't feel like I ever mm-hmm. had a grasp of that until I saw this. And the Justin Timberlake stuff is crazy. So there's a lot of stuff that we have to get into. And I mean, I think you took notes. I took notes. So we'll get into it. I just pulled them up actually on my Good, phone. Me because too. I, was t- I was taking notes the entire time. Okay. So I guess what we should do, Steve, is talk about the different phases of Britney that they discuss in this documentary and framing Britney Spears. So first things first, she had a lot of talent growing up in the tiny, tiny town of Kentwood, Louisiana, which is a very small kind of nondescript average American town in the South. And she grew up and was in the church choir. And her parents realized pretty early on that she had talent and said, we are going to do whatever it takes to make Britney a star. And we know that she ended up on the Mickey Mouse Club. But what I guess I didn't really realize is the path that it took her to get there. I didn't realize that she and her mom had to move to New York for periods of time and leave her family behind in Louisiana for her to pursue her dreams and that she became incredibly close with her mother and increasingly distant from her dad, which is something that is very important as the story goes on. But you always just look at the end result and you don't really think of the person behind it and the path it took to get there. And I thought it was really interesting for them to put into context how small of a town it was that Brittany came from and how she was just a nice small town American girl who even after she went to the Mickey Mouse Club, went home and lived a regular life as a regular teenager in high school for like two years before she all of a sudden, boom, became a massive superstar. So I think that this innocence that we see from her isn't a put on. She really was this naive, innocent girl from Louisiana. A couple things. One, whenever parents are trying to make their kid a star, recipe for disaster, right? Right. That seems like that never works out. That person always is screwed up later in life. Um, and it's sad. And Britney did want that, right? She wanted to be a star. Yeah. She clearly was a star. People don't understand how talented Britney is. We'll get into this with the music a little bit later. Everybody thinks she's just like a sex symbol, which she is, but she's super freaking talented too. She's Incredible. a performer. She has a great voice. Dancer. When she was a kid, she was doing a million different things. As you said, the Mickey Mouse Club, which by the way, you look back at that and you go, but that's a who's who of people who are famous now. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever was scouting talent back then, they deserved a raise at least at the time or a medal now because they're amazing. Right. Uh, and number two, you're right. The relationship with her dad, they laid the seeds of how that was kind of weird. And I want to run this by you. Did you pick up on this? Her dad's name is Jamie. Mm-hmm. Her mom's name is Lynn. Mm-hmm. Her sister's name is Jamie Lynn. They named Correct. her sister after her dad and her mom. Correct. Another Two major red flags right off the bat. Confirmed. Yes. But Steve, Kentwood, Louisiana. Sorry, I should know. What's your dad's name and what's your mom's name? Tony and Robin. Imagine if your name was Tony Robin Smallman. That was your name. But... Lynn is more of a middle name. Jamie is gender neutral. Lynn Mm, is gender neutral. I get, wait, Tony and Robin are gender neutral too. Oh my God. Tony Robin. Robin. And it would be, your parents didn't do that because they're, sorry, they're smarter. I feel like that's just a weird thing to do. And it's a small thing, but it was again, an immediate red flag from the, from the Spears family coming up. And then he was kind of broke at one point. Um, He filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. And it just, it seemed like he was always in it for the money. So it just didn't, it didn't get off to a great start. I didn't really know any of that. I knew she was in the Mickey Mouse Club, but I didn't know the background she came from and how poor they were. Really quickly. Someone in Connecticut names their kid Jamie Lynn. It's Jamie Lynn. If you're from the South, it's one word, Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn. Yep. Jamie Lynn. So it's, it's, easier if you come from the south because of the cadence and the way you say the name it's not the name michelle it's that they're using their parents they're using their own name to name their child that's insane it's not jamie jamie lynn is i get it, it's from the south it's other name you can't name your kid both of your names for the, both the parents names that's a recipe for disaster okay noted i will note that for the future so then all of a sudden britney gets signed to a record deal she's 15 16 years old she gets signed to a record deal she wants to be a singer 
She wants to be a singer. Baby One More Time comes out and literally, quite literally overnight, she becomes the number one pop artist in America and subsequently globally. And they talk about how when that video came out, she's just this young 16 year old girl coming from Louisiana. But that video obviously was really earth shattering for a lot of people, particularly young people at at that time. We still had these shades, even though you had Madonna doing like a virgin and there were, there were, artists who were out there in pop culture that were sexualized never someone really to britney's degree with her age and it was almost like the way she did it was so subtle that it was shocking it was a catholic school girl uniform that we were all i mean i went to catholic school i can tell you i didn't look that good <laughs> that cool that cool Your walking, down, walking down the halls i couldn't have worn, but it was almost like she took a normal American girl and sexualized it in a overtly but kind of subtle way and it made every girl want to do the dance and be her and every guy want to date her to, or to date some version of her. Yeah, you said I think it was last pod that there never maybe has been and might never be again a sex symbol quite like Britney Spears and you're right. Okay. And it's because of the look, the time, the late 90s or early 2000s again we talk about this all the time. Just a weird time for society and whatnot, but first it was a banger. She was young and hot and it was a fantasy for a lot of guys too. You know, like it wasn't just like the music was great, but the guys, there was this weird sexual fantasy to it. The whole thing was confusing and amazing at the same time. And it blew up overnight. And it's funny because I don't even love that song that the baby one more time. It's a good song, but it's not, I don't mean we're going to do a draft a little bit later. We'll figure this out, but she has much better bangers, but there's something about that and the baby one more time and all everything that went with it that just hit different than anything had probably before that in music history. And from that becomes this incredible pressure and or controversy surrounding her and the sexual nature of her and of her songs and just the way that we consumed her because it was baby one more time. It was to drive me crazy. It was sometimes she was all over the place. And this is before she even reaches her second album. But I remember when that first album dropped, all of the singles that came off at Steve, I remember like racing home to watch TRL. <laughs> Steve was like Britney or NSYNC at the top. And then she becomes this almost controversy or talking point in American society as concurrently all of this Monica Lewinsky stuff is going mm-hmm. on. And they talk about this in the documentary that what happened in the political world with Lewinsky and Clinton all of a sudden kind of spilled over into pop culture and the way that women were being discussed and almost demonized for being sexual mm-hmm. beings was projected onto a very young Britney Spears. And I'm just going to back up real quick. One of the main threads from me that I pulled out of this was how unfairly she was treated yeah. and how incredibly awful I feel for her in so many regards and that was one of them because no person especially someone of that age is equipped to deal with that no person who's in their teenage years in their formative years has the tools mentally to deal with the world picking apart their body picking apart their sexuality and trying to cast this judgment on them all the time did your parents when you would listen to the cd right the first one 1999 how old were you uh, probably like 11. Yeah. I mean, like, did your seventh, parents seventh grade, eighth grade, did your parents not like it? Cause I, I remember 
later. So we used to work with somebody who was, who was a dad and he would you know talk about whatever being a dad. And I remember him saying that I remember this very vividly. He's like, I don't like my daughter listening to Katy Perry. Cause you know, I just don't like the message of her songs. Right. You know, the, right. uh, you know, I, I kissed a girl and I liked it all this stuff, but he liked Taylor Swift cause she had better messaging. Right. I, and I, I understood that. So from a parent's perspective, if you're putting on Britney Spears in 1999, your 11 year old daughter is listening to this and she's watching this music video. It, it was jarring. It was extremely controversial. I was wondering if your parents ever kind of mine, I don't ever remember. I mean, I was a dude, so it didn't really matter. I have two younger sisters, yeah. but I, I would imagine there was a lot of parent pushback of being like, I don't want, you're not listening to Britney Spears in my house. So I came from a very sheltered background. We all know I went to Catholic school. I will never forget this, Steve, because I loved Disney growing up. <laughs> loved didn't, yeah. Disney. Okay. And I remember starting to love the Spice Girls, starting to love NSYNC, starting to love Britney, starting to love Christina. And that's what girls would do. We would have slumber parties and we would put on Spice Girls and mm-hmm. I would be posh and my friend would be sporty. And, you know, then we would put on Britney Spears and we would make up dances to it or whatever. And I'll never forget, I got the Christina Aguilera album and I was with my dad in the car and we're listening. I pop in Christina CD or whatever. And um, I start singing Genie in a Bottle. And the lyrics go... I'm a genie in the in a bottle. You got to rub me the right way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm singing it on my way to soccer practice. And my dad's like, what did you just say? Excuse me? He, I, I'm sorry. And he was like, we are not listening to this. Yep. And I didn't understand. I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, yeah, you know, like genie from Aladdin. You have to <laughs> rub the lamp and the genie comes out. Did you understand like, the innuendo oh. at that point? Because I don't no, think I, I remembered. Know. Yeah, I didn't I, understand. I thought it was that, a genie so. from Aladdin. Steve. I totally agree. And no I, I, you, would, you would sing the lyrics and you would never even know what they mean until never later not. in your life. Quick aside, because it's a good story. I had a similar situation, um, not with Brittany, but I was shooting hoops in the driveway, right? And I had um, my CD player, you know, big old speaker thing. What do you call it? I don't even know what the hell you call it, like stereo type thing mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of portable. Had the Eminem show CD in, right? I'm playing it and my sisters are outside too and they're younger than me. And, you know, it's, it's he swears all the time in that, right? My yeah. dad comes outside, I'm shooting hoops. He's like, hey, what the, what is this? I hear the F words going on, the S, all this stuff. I don't want to hear it. Turn it off. I was like, fine, I'll turn it off. He goes back inside. A couple minutes later, I'm shooting hoops. I put the CD back in start playing again shooting around whatever my dad comes outside opens up the cd player takes a cd breaks it in half and walks away <laughs> it was the most hard on move ever. i was like I-, I was so mad at the time but looking back i'm like i'll respect the hell out of my dad for doing that because he was like do not play this in front of your sisters i didn't listen and i learned the lesson so from a parent's perspective i always think about this when i'm you know because obviously art and stuff grows and we're gonna have to deal with this when you know eventually if we ever have kids and I don't know how I'm going to handle that because it is kind of an awkward situation. You don't really want your kids listening to that, but it's, it still is really good music. Okay. But we were singing, hit me, baby me one more time. And kids now are singing WAP. Listen, the line moves. The line has moved a lot. I remember asking you about WAP. I mean, imagine your daughter. Well, this is the thing we were talking about with, you know, just even the way kids look now, like when you were 13 versus <laughs> with girls now, how they look when oh they're 13, it's night and freaking day. Like it's amazing. So I just think that that's society. It is what it is. The line moves, you know, the further we move through time. It does. Okay. So back to Brittany and back to the timeline of Brittany. So as she's becoming this massive global superstar, this sex symbol, this international sex symbol, what is the only way that things can be ratcheted up a notch dating the the male counterpart to her and Justin Timberlake? Gas on the fire. Let's go. And let me tell you, Steve, I loved me some Justin Timberlake. He was my dream man. I was obsessed with him. I was curly hair guy. You like the curly hair? Oh my God. Young Michelle used to listen to God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You <laughs> oh, that's in, in my bed. <laughs> Dream of Justin. I thought he was everything. But Britney was everything. You know, there was no 
better match than Brittany and Justin. And so when they started dating, it sent pop culture into a frenzy, right? That's the sports equivalent of, of like LeBron dating Serena Williams. Totally. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of other comparisons. It's the two biggest people in what they do dating yeah. each other. The LeBron Serena thing probably yeah. doesn't even compare because the global appeal that these two had, they were the two, it was the biggest pop star from a male and female perspective, period. Like you couldn't have made this in a lab. I know NSYNC and half these boy bands were made in labs. You couldn't even make a better relationship in a lab than, than Britney and Justin. And then the next thing you know, they're popping on red carpets and matching denim, denim outfits. All I denim mean, all the time. Let's go. It was incredible. It was incredible. But then they break up. Then they break up. And this is where our pop princess's story starts to take a sad turn, a really sad turn. As they talk about in the documentary, Justin very much gets in front of this. And the rumor always was then that Britney cheated on Justin with Wade Robson, who was their choreographer. That was his friend. It was a very bad scenario. He was allegedly heartbroken, but he, and I'm taking these words from the documentary, they say he weaponized the breakup against her. He wanted to be the first one to talk about this and to make sure that everybody knew that she was the reason because she hooked up with someone else and he, in his Cry Me a River video, had a Britney lookalike who was cheating on him. And I will never forget when that came out and it was the biggest thing in the entire world. Everyone was so mad at Britney Everyone was like, how could you do this to him? You guys were perfect. With Wade, the choreographer, you're going to cheat with Wade? Are you serious, Brittany? And so people started to demonize her and slut shame her in a lot of ways. And then this sexy version of Brittany all of a sudden went from, we're going to idealize you to you're on the cover of Us Weekly with Colin Farrell. And we're talking about you shacking up with Fred Durst. And all of a sudden her remember that and then he wrote, yeah. <laughs> he wrote a song about her and it just took a pretty gross turn pretty quick okay there's a lot there i want to back it up just a little bit i through over the years i always thought it was kind of confirmed that she did cheat on him but the documentary and again this isn't not really a spoiler alert it's still going to be good if you watch it but the documentary very much made it seem like that was not necessarily true that she did not necessarily cheat on him you know and i always thought it was yeah oh she definitely did so that was right off the bat that was confusing did you have anything this i just feel like that was always the norm and and it's almost like um trying to think of like a comparison that the meteor killed the dinosaurs right everyone just believed that we didn't really know if it was true for a while but it was and this thing with britney and being cheated and, and cheating on justin that was just taken as fact and it didn't seem like the documentary went that way so the way that i took it is that it probably is the truth but that he knew that she was going to get absolutely crushed publicly if he revealed this and he did it anyway that he did not care about how her image was going to be ruined if he revealed he never talked about it he only like he's never he's never come out okay i know obviously there's a lot of incriminating evidence here i'm not going to say you're defend justin because there's a lot more that we can get to in a second about a certain interview on a radio station this is not defending Justin. he technically has never neither of them have technically ever said that britney cheated it's never been said and i didn't know that Really? It has never been said. Nope. He says he will not talk about it, even though he kind of has. And she's never confirmed it either. It is not confirmed. At least that's what the doc said. Well, he did talk about a lot. He did talk about a lot. And one of the things that bothered me the most watching this documentary, Steve, is how Britney was treated by the media. And I'm not even talking about the paparazzi stuff, which we're going to get to. But watching old videos back of her being interviewed when she's having a man who is clearly her senior by probably about 20 years ask her about her breasts mm-hmm. on television for Diane it's, Sawyer it's to be pumping her about what she did to Justin while she's sobbing on the couch and 
obviously at that moment in time, the conversation surrounding women and the way women are viewed and the way women are treated was not at, at the forefront of society the way it is now. But when I remember all of that happening, I never thought, oh, poor Brittany. And now looking mm-hmm. back on it, I'm like, this is so gross. The way she was treated and the way she was objectified very publicly and with zero remorse by men who are much, much older than her is really, it's icky. It's very icky. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we all, I like that people try to act like it was the media's fault. We still do this today. You eat that shit up, okay? There's a reason they're published. There's a reason paparazzi exists. There's a reason U.S. whatever was it weekly, U.S. weekly, or whatever us weekly. us weekly. There's a reason those exist because people eat that up and they want that content. So for you to act, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. It's like no, you played a part. We collectively played a part in that. I think that needs to be said because um, I think it's just annoying to immediately try to push the blame on somebody else. But you're right about getting back to Justin too. I mean, even the discussion that they had on Hot 97, right, of that interview, and when they were like, oh, did you did you have did you sleep with her? And he kind of like shot away from it. And then it was like, yeah, I did. And everybody cheers. It's amazing. It was so unbelievably cringeworthy. Like nothing has aged worse than that in 2021. It's It was so, so bad. So Justin in this, he's, he's done no favors in this. And honestly, it's he's to blame. Like it is what it is. And it was a different time back then. I understand that. He was young. I think he was in his what, early 20s at that point. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I was a perfect person at age 23 or whatever, but this doc doesn't him no justice. And he definitely didn't help her in the public. Even if he ha- didn't com- come out and specifically talk about what happened, he did her no favors throughout this process. Absolutely not. And I really, I try to look at everything through different lenses. And I think if I was him and if I was a young person and I was deeply in love with someone and they cheated on me and I was very hurt and I could only focus on that pain, I would probably do the same thing. I would probably not care about their feelings and I would probably want to out them for doing me wrong. And that seems like a very logical thing for an immature person to do like think about how many people would do that normally in their late teens early 20s but you just happen to be on a platform where you're doing this in front of the entire world and so that was something that I tried to think about but then when you also couple the way that he constantly brought it up and he constantly went to the Britney well to self-promote and then you couple that with what happened with Janet Jackson Mm. and how Janet Jackson was slut shamed from here to Mars and banned from the Super Bowl and losing endorsements and all of these things and Justin essentially walks away from that thing scot-free and gets to come back and perform the Super Bowl. It just really highlights the way that misogyny is built into our culture and the way women are viewed from a sexual standpoint as opposed to men. You brought up in the our pre-show or whatever, just us talking pre-show. about the Janet thing. I didn't even think about that. And I think Justin recently kind of came out too and said, yeah, I should have done more. I should have helped her more. I basically I fucked up, right? In that whole, and all right, that's brave man to say that. I get that, but it's a little bit too late. Can you explain though, I still to this day don't understand the Super Bowl thing. Was that planned? Was it not planned? I don't even oh, know. It had to be planned because there was Velcro on her. And I he mean, just this cup, whatever it was that he ripped off. So it happened, and then she takes the blame and he just basically is like, I had nothing to do with this kind of thing. Yes. So she was wearing a top and the line at the end of the song was, I'm gonna have you naked by the end of the song. And he rips Dang. it off, reveals <laughs> her boob. 
everyone's like, oh my God, is that an exposed breast on national television? Everyone went bananas. She had to profusely apologize for this. He was in a little bit of hot water, but basically walked away. She was banned from the Grammys. Her music got blacklisted. Her album, I think, afterwards did not do well. And he did not receive in any way the same public punishment that she did. Also, by the way, he's been caught in cheating scandals or alleged cheating Mm. scandals and he in no way has taken the heat that britney took at that time so it's that men aren't looked at with the same disdain when it comes to being a sexual being in the public i mean women still in a lot of parts are viewed as you need to be covered up i'm looking at you through a puritanical sense you can't highlight your sexuality and so for him to be involved with these two women who were very sexual and them to be demonized and him to almost be exalted in a lot of ways. It was really messed up. Yeah. It's kind of like the, you know, the boys will be boys thing and they move on. They don't, you know, they get off. I get it. There's totally a double standards bullshit. And what's weird about the Janet Jackson thing too, is what what are we Puritans? Like who cares? Like what's the big deal? I don't understand. You know, like it's not that big of a deal. And I didn't even know she got banned from the Grammys. Like what, what are we doing? What were we, no one in real time was like, Hey, this is dumb. That's why I look back at the Britney stuff. But it happens. You get this avalanche of stuff. The snowball just keeps building and building and building, right? And it's hard to stop. But you look back now and go, my God, Britney was crying out for help. And everyone was just couldn't get enough of it because it was so entertaining. And everyone's like, oh, my God, she's having a massive meltdown. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah. it just it's crazy that in real time, you just cannot see that. No. Can I give you one thing really quickly? Yeah. Last, last year's Super Bowl halftime show people were outraged that Shakira and JLo were shaking their asses on TV. This year you have The Weeknd singing songs about sex and drugs, literally talking about cocaine and about how his face is numb and no one seemed to have a problem with that. But Uh, we are more offended by the the female body and dancing. it's, It's incredibly stupid. Quick aside. Speaking of the Super Bowl halftime show, we it sucked, right? And this is no indictment on his music because I do think The Weeknd's talented. Not really for me, but that halftime show kind of sucked, right? I thought visually it was very interesting. I thought the way that he executed things was different. I liked that he used the whole field. I liked the the video elements that he used with the mirrors. But I just don't think of his music as music that is going to hype me up nope, for a half not, show. Not I really music. like his music. I even used it once on A Plus Content. But seeing Shakira and JLo dance makes you pumped. It makes you excited. You're like, yes, this is entertainment. The weekend you're like, okay, yeah, this is a good star boys, a good song, but I'm not ready to run through a wall. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not my favorite weekend. Yeah. I acknowledge he's really talented. He's just not for me, but I also totally agree. It's just, it's not stadium music. It's not, it didn't work. I don't understand why. And he doesn't get paid to it. I don't think any of them really get paid. It's just basically a promotional opportunity for them. So obviously you have to say yes, but Anyway, quick aside, it wasn't for me. Last year with Shakira and, and J-Lo was way, way better. Last year with Shakira and J-Lo was for everyone. That was amazing. <laughs> for <laughs> the people, it. yeah. For the, for the people. Back to Brittany. So as all of this is going on, she starts this slow deterioration. But she's clearly sad, too, about the breakup. It really affected her. But as this is happening, as Pop's royal couple is breaking up, the media attention surrounding her ratchets up. And this is also, again, just like the Monica Lewinsky thing is concurrently happening, this is also concurrently happening when we have better access to the internet. And our exposure to celebrities is happening in a different way. So the paparazzi starts following her like white on rice. Unbelievable. And this is something that I really think we can look back on and 
feel ashamed about because as you said, all of us were complicit in this. I bought Us Weekly every week. I could not wait to devour the news of Brittany and Justin. When I studied abroad in Italy, I'll never forget, she shaved her head at the time when she was clearly saying, I am over this. I am not mm-hmm. going to be the subject of your obsession anymore. Maybe if I you know, lessen my appearance, you guys will not follow me. You will not care. We had to pay for internet in Italy and we would pay to get 30 minutes. We would email our parents and say, yo, we're alive. And then we would go to Us Weekly and be like, what's happening with Britney? We were that obsessed with it at the time. And I look back on that and we never thought of her as a human. We just looked at it as like a TV show or something for our entertainment. And when I think about her, she just must have felt so isolated. Who can you possibly relate to no one else is going through this you're being hounded all day every day you can never relax and be yourself and yeah. i just watching those videos of her trying to walk out of a place and having a hundred people surrounding her yelling things at her taking her picture bumping into her and thinking about that happening multiple times a day every day it made me sick to my stomach it really did i was claustrophobic yeah straight up it was difficult to watch and as someone who uh, what was, was that? What, 2010-ish? When, when was that? It was, it was, it was like, like late 2010s like, or... Tur- no, yeah. I, I think it was like 2007. Or sorry, yeah, late 20, yeah. late 2000s and it's like spilling over to the next decade. I was in college then and then getting into like my professional life. I didn't really know why any of this was happening. I knew about it. I knew her shaved head. I knew the paparazzi. I saw all the pictures. I didn't know the background of it. All I knew was, oh my God, Britney's gone crazy. Like, that's it. And that's so shitty. You know, I, I look I back know. and I go, that's so shitty for me to just be like, oh, she's, you know, she's gone crazy because I didn't know what she was dealing with. And I would have gone crazy too. How could you not go crazy? How it's insane. You know, I remember there's the one paparazzi guy who they interviewed in the show, which, you know, great for him for doing it. And I think he was somewhat remorseful, but he had a really stupid line when he was just like, I think he was out there. He was basically like, you know, I'll just get a picture of you and I'll go away um, or like, you know, smile, whatever. And it must be so awkward and uncomfortable to have all of your intimate moments. You can't even just go to 7-Eleven and get like a, a soda without a billion people around you trying to snap a picture of you when you're wearing not the most flattering clothes, not wearing makeup. And that's the shot that they want. That's the money shot of you looking the craziest and you looking the worst. I just couldn't even imagine. So I feel, you know, there's nothing I think I could have done about it at the time because I just wasn't that interested in it. I just knew about it kind of, but just assuming that, oh, she went crazy. is just like a really shitty thing to do. And I think that's what most people thought is, oh, Brittany went crazy and that's what happened. But again, you put anyone in that position and I dare you to act civil in that situation because it won't happen. Well, and then I thought this was interesting, the Justin breakup and her continued success in the music and pop culture world was one thing, but then she marries K-Fed and then oh, she God, has kids. Yeah. And the interest in her, Kevin Federline, for those who don't know who K-Fed is, and then the interest in her skyrockets. And that's when I really when I was watching it started to get anxiety because she's with her baby, with her child trying to have lunch and leave a restaurant. And all of these people with zero regard for the well-being of her child are up in her face trying to get pictures. And she's crying, being like, leave us alone. And then she's tripping because she cannot walk a straight path with her kid and he's slipping out of her arms. And then the headline is Brittany's a bad mom. I cannot imagine feeling that misunderstood and having to deal with that all the time, having the perception of me be Michelle's a bad mom when I'm internally screaming, like I could not walk because the paparazzi, they caused this. And now they're painting this 
incredibly unfair narrative of me. Yeah, you can't control any of the stuff about your life. You can yeah. be an amazing mother in all of these moments and then one quick, and everybody has these things. It's always perfect, but all of her imperfections were just blasted out there for everyone to see. And then you know they get into the, the thing where she's, you know, she drives away from the paparazzi with the kid in her lap, no seatbelt, which obviously is bad, not great. But given the context of the situation, she's just trying to get out of there because everyone's swamp, you know, that was is around her and she doesn't want to be, th be there anymore. And the quickest thing to do is just to, to hightail it out of there. She's not a perfect person, but we, you know, again, society just sort of turned her into this thing that she didn't want to be. And, and it's really sad. It was honestly really uncomfortable to watch. And it was from someone who isn't in that world. I know you like obviously followed her very closely. I didn't follow her super closely. I loved her music. I knew the videos. Obviously she's really attractive, but I didn't know the how and the why of why things were happening. It was really eye-opening for me to see that and just be like, I can't believe people just let this happen. I kept saying that multiple times watching this. I'm like, how did we just let this happen? It was so obviously right. wrong at the time. And she's clearly crying out for help, as you mentioned several oh, times. Oh my goodness. I mean, multiple times. The thing for me, I think, of all of the things that we saw in regards to the media and the paparazzi that stood out to me the most was the infamous head shaving night and the umbrella mm. incident. I will never forget seeing those pictures of her shaving her head and slamming the umbrella against the paparazzi's door. They were everywhere. You could not go anywhere without seeing those pictures. And once we got the background to the story, she was going through this divorce with Kevin Federline. She was trying to see her sons. She shaves her head because she wants the paparazzi to leave her alone. And she thinks maybe this is allegedly, this is what she's thinking that they'll, if she doesn't look the same, that they'll leave her alone. She goes to see her kids and he will not let them see her. And she's devastated. And she goes to a gas station to get gas. And she's clearly distraught over not being able to see her children. And the paparazzi are taking pictures of her and will not leave her alone. And she snaps. And I cannot say that in that moment, I would not have done the exact same mm -hmm. thing. But the way that we talked about her and picked her apart was, this is a mental person. She is crazy. She sh probably shouldn't have her kids. Look at her shaving her head. What's wrong with Brittany? Instead of being like, hey, is she okay? Is anyone actually looking at her as a person. I don't know. Just the whole thing was so, it was bothersome. It was really bothersome. And I want to like write her a personal letter of apology for every Us Weekly magazine I ever bought and for every yeah. article that I ever clicked on. But that leads into this big downward spiral that does expose some mental health struggles for her. She gets put under 5150 hold and does get taken for mental evaluation. There's the whole era of her partying with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and substance issues happening. And so this all snowballs into eventually in 2008, a conservatorship being put into place because her family was concerned about her and they thought, you know what, she is not in a mental state to make important decisions. So we need to protect her and protect this massive fortune that she has earned and put in place someone to control this. And it's her father, Jamie Spears, that gets put in charge of the conservatorship. And what I thought was really interesting about this is that they revealed that Brittany from the jump did not want her dad to be in charge of this, mm -hmm. which I never knew. That was like one anybody but him, basically. Anybody but him. And when they revealed that she didn't have a very close relationship with him, essentially from when she was really young, I'm thinking again of myself in this moment. If I'm struggling, if I'm going through all of this stuff, and then someone is going to be put in charge of making decisions for me, and it's someone that I don't have a great and trusting relationship with. I mean, imagine how you would feel in that moment. What was going through my mind during that was, I don't understand how the court, if she specifically said, I'll let it happen. She knew she basically had to do that right to see her kids. So, 
you know, all right, your hands are kind of tied and you got to do what you got to do. Her one request, she wasn't, it didn't seem like she was fighting it. Her one request is just to not have it be her dad. I'm like, why would you not just put it in the, in a lawyer's hands or somebody who is not? Her mom. Well, the, so this is, and again, I don't want to criticize because I don't know. And this gets back to maybe learning all the facts first. But one of the things that went through my mind, Michelle, is where's her mom in all this? Why is she not involved? And I don't know the answer. Do you? No, I have no idea because they're close, allegedly. So why would she not be the conservator? You know? I don't know. Maybe the dad filed and the mom didn't. I have no idea how that went down, but that's something that I thought of too. But so her dad is put in charge of her under this conservatorship. And this entire time that Brittany is unwell and she is not in a mental state where she can make important decisions, she's still being trotted out to perform and doing a hundred million dollar plus world tours. And She's well enough to work, but mm-hmm. she's not well enough to make decisions. And so as this is going on, people start asking questions and they're saying, why is this conservatorship still put into place? Because this is really limiting for her. She essentially can't make decisions about her life, about her money. She has to run everything through her dad. And they have footage from her MTV show that showed them not being on the same page. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, she's still being... She's got a Vegas tour. Well, what do you, what like, do you call it? Like trotted out to do all of this work and her dad is getting a cut in this. So there's a lot of money tied up into this. There's a lot of power tied up into this. And when you have someone like Brittany who's made this much money, there's a lot at stake. Yeah, none of it really makes sense. Uh, but as the lawyer said in the piece, she didn't really know anybody that ever got out of a conservatorship. But again, they're mostly for older people who are you know suffering from dementia or just things like that, health problems that are that when you get older... Uh, or accidents, you know, it, Brittany was not a typical person who would be in a conservatorship. So the fact that there was really no out, there was no out plan. And every time that it would come up for appeal, it would get denied. She, it almost seemed like a helpless situation for her. So I, I, the whole thing is really sad. And you're right. She's performing throughout this whole thing. She's clearly able to do that. She's really good at it. And, you know, she's making a ton of money for everybody, as you mentioned, including her dad. I don't understand. They didn't really get into it, but it just it didn't seem like there really is an out other than her appealing it. But then how do you tell if she's actually well enough to, she has to go through another psych eval. And I guess that's the only way you could tell whether or not she should get out of it. I don't know. Because the whole free Britney movement, I understand why it's there, but I don't understand what the next step is. What happens? Like she just gets her dad's out of the picture and she gets full control of everything again. I don't know. So he was removed from one part of the conservatorship because of personal health reasons. I actually looked this up before. This was back in September 2019. And as they mentioned in the documentary, a law firm or I believe a bank maybe is Mm -hmm. also in charge of parts of this. But this is going back to court, I think, because she has said, I'm afraid of my dad. I'm not going to perform again until he's not in charge of Mm -hmm. my career. And she's really making a stand here. And they're really going to have to look into this. So one of the things that was mentioned in the documentary is that there were medical records that were a part of this, that no one other than the courts and the powers that be, the people involved in this know what were in the medical records. And that has something to do with this and why Britney has not been freed as the hashtag Mm -hmm. free Britney movement says. And maybe she has undergone pretty serious evaluations that lend itself to wanting this to be put into place. We don't know that, but I do think there is something to be said if she is lucid enough to hire a lawyer and say, I am afraid of my dad and I don't want him to be, if you're 
in a mental space where you can cognitively say, I don't want this and I'm going to hire a lawyer, that should be taken into consideration. And also that she would be put in charge of a huge operation in a tour that's generating all this money and that all these sponsors put money into. I don't know. I just think that there's got to be some sort of middle ground that could be put in place to protect her if need be that also doesn't essentially keep her trapped. Yeah. The one thing that I kept saying to Maddie during that ending part, because it was very unclear about, okay, well, why does this keep getting denied was there has to be something we're missing. There has to be something we don't know. And because why would the court, why would the court decide with her dad? Why would the court just be like, oh yeah, well, you know, keep this thing going. There's no incentive for this. It's not like they're making money from it. Yes. One of the lawyers was, but if there's, clearly nothing, if they see her and they go, oh, she's fine. What benefit is it to them to keep this conservatorship going? That's all I kept saying was there has to be something we're missing. And then I'm going to try to say this as gently as possible. But if you look at her Instagram, it's a mess. It's a mess, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, even before this documentary, I followed her on Instagram, obviously. And, you know, there's something off about it. And again, I want her to get whatever help she needs and, and as necessary for her to be a healthy person. But I just think on the surface, if you look at the Instagram account, Michelle, there's some, I don't know, it just doesn't look right to me. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. And I don't want to speculate because I don't want to do that. I'm just saying that right. some there has to be something we're missing, right? Yeah, there's a lot of theories out there about the Instagram. And I wish that they would have, that's the one maybe piece of constructive criticism that I would have about the documentaries. The way they explored the Instagram was more like, Brittany's a mystery. And is she trying to tell us things through the Instagram? But also just based on the eye test, I don't think the Instagram is great for her case. It's failing um, the test for sure. You, you know, it's failing. And, I, and, and you're right. The uh, the doc was very, it was pro-Britney. It was, you know, it was, yeah. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It was about the free Britney movement. And they reached out to, they said, they reached out to Jamie, the father, and, and a bunch of the lawyer, and all they all declined. Um, but obviously, they declined. But there was really no, it wasn't even really open to why it could possibly still be. And it was just that it's wrong. Well, they did do a good job highlighting the people that had come into her life, like Sam Lufty, who were clearly manipulating yes, her and correct. trying to get in control of the finances. And I think that is certainly a, a thing to look at if you're her family, that she would allow for lack of a better word, these leeches to come into her life and give them a lot of control over really important decisions. And so I can understand, especially as a mother of two children, that they would want to protect her mm-hmm. and the fortune that she's amassed that will eventually go to her kids. Like if, if those are your grandkids, you want to make sure that what their mom has earned is going to go to the rightful heir. But I did think that they did a good job of showing kind of this revolving door of sketchy characters that came in and out of her life during that time and why she might need some sort of legal protection from people like that. Mm -hmm. That's a fair point. And to close, the one thing that I think I took from it that was really cool that I had never thought before was just how much she touched and impacted people throughout Mm -hmm. her entire career and all the people that were like, I was uncomfortable with who I was. And I saw Brittany doing this male or female and just being like, I feel like I could express myself because it's Brittany. And it's the same thing, like the it's Brittany bitch mantra, right? You can be whoever you want. It's almost like Sasha Fierce from Beyonce. It's this alter ego that Brittany brought out a lot of people that I had, again, never really thought of and I thought was really cool. And that's why so many people are behind this movement because they genuinely love her and want her to be well and want her obviously to be happy. Yeah, we care for her. We care for Brittany. I saw Brittany in Vegas during her residency. Oh, jelly. (sighs) Mage jelly, man. It was awesome. And when I think about my childhood encompassed and 
all of the great things about being young, it's Britney Spears. It's the music takes you back. I Ugh. And the thing about her is she was so enduring. I mean, I look at Britney and she was the voice of my grade school years to some point, like the end of it, my high school years, my college years, my post-college years. There is a song from Britney that takes me back to any of those times. So when I saw her in Vegas, she barely spoke. The only time she spoke was to say like, hey guys. And she brought up a guy from the crowd to do a song with her. Nice. But she danced the whole time and it did not matter that she did not talk. Every song that she played, it takes you back. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to because of the pure joy that I got from being there and being with my friends. It was awesome. You need to see her. Hopefully this stuff gets worked out. And, you know, we're behind Britney. Free Britney, right? We are pro Britney. Yeah. And honestly, she wants to perform too. It's, it's, that's what she loves. She's clearly doing it on her Instagram. She's doing all these dance moves. That's clearly the thing that she loves and that makes her happy. So, I, I mean, I think I would want her to get back to doing that. And because she could make a ton of money because she's still really good and people still want to see her. Uh, there are very few people that can have, what is it, like the rest? residency in Vegas at mm-hmm. the MGM. I mean, how you can count on like one hand the amount of people that could probably do that. And she's one of them and she should be back to doing that. So selfishly, I, yes. I mean, obviously I want her to be happy because just she's a human being and you want everyone to just figure out what they love and what's, you know, what makes them happy. But also because I, I want to see her perform again because that's what she wants to do. And people like you and I want to go see that. So I think it's a good transition into our, our song rankings because you know, our draft. Yeah, our, our draft. I have my power rankings up this now that I'll, that I'll pick from. Don't, don't get it twisted. This is not a, a <sighs> power rankings. This is a draft. No, okay? this is. And I dress the part. Okay, I'm ready to kick your ass here. Okay. I don't remember who has first pick. You what was our last draft? Give it to me. What was our last draft? Uh, great question. Let me think. Let me look it up. I know it's been so long. I feel like we. We meant to do more, but it just ended up time flies, right? When you're having fun, we didn't really necessarily have something to do. And I proposed to you, I was like, why don't we do a Britney song draft? And it's so different. Starting in 99, when she did this, when she came out with Baby One More Time, even up until like the mid 2010s, her arc is so different. So crazy. And they put me in different places in time because I'm very nostalgic with with music and I could okay. go, oh, I, I remember when I was listening to this song, right? So I think those are what my rankings are. I'm interested. There are three songs I have that I think I absolutely have to have. You're not going to get them all. I don't think I'm going to get them all, though. I don't not think I'm going to get them all. So we're going to do five each, right, for the draft? Yep, five each. Wait, did you look up our last draft or no? Yes, I believe it was a holiday draft. And I traded you. I gave you the first pick. Right? You did, but because you traded it to me, I feel like I should still get first pick here. That was a you choice. That was oh, a you okay. choice. <laughs> That's fair. But I get the next two, right? Yes. Okay. Ooh, actually, do I want to do that? I don't know. I think I want the first pick. Oh, do I want the first pick? I don't know. There's one song that if I don't get, I won't sleep tonight. And I don't know, do I risk it for the biscuit? Like, do I risk it to get two and three, which I know will be crucial in this draft? Or do I give me the first pick? Because if I don't get this... Okay, I have a. I have to have it. I have to have it. I'll take the first pick. Okay, I think I have a clear one, but I'm interested to see if it's the same one as you. So you'll have it, and I get the next two. Uh, now I'm nervous. Okay. Okay. So I'm so excited. I have so many notes. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I've ever taken more notes for a draft, <laughs> and I know the subject matter up and down. Okay, I'm you- confident in my knowledge here, but. I needed to make sure, okay? I cannot drop the ball in this draft. Mine are going to be quicker. Mine are just bullet points. This is okay. the song. Here's why. You can go as long as you want. Just know that mine are going to be quick. Okay, I, I will move quickly. Steve, with the first pick in the Britney Spears draft, I'm taking I'm a Slave for You. Oh, wow. I'm, take, I'm taking Slave for You, okay? Oh, okay. Interesting. This is... 
adult Brittany. This is I'm embracing my sexuality. I am hot. I am here. I am ready. The Neptunes are here. The sound has evolved. See, this song came out and young Michelle was like, I need a belly button ring. I need a crop top and I need it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was happening in the video. They're in a weird apartment or kind of a loft situation with no air conditioning. They're dancing with strangers. She's wearing a thong over her leather pants, but it's fine. It's amazing. We're not asking any questions. We just <laughs> need to be there. We need to be a part of it. And this is when Britney started to grow up and embrace herself. We always knew she was a good dancer. This is when Britney showed us how on point she is in the dancing department, okay? And don't even get me started on the snake at the VMAs. Iconic. Iconic. I needed this song. I'm glad I got it. And like she says in the song, she's not trying to hide it, baby, okay? We're out. Okay, couple things. One, uh, this was 2001. So you say grown-up adult Britney. I mean, it wasn't that, she wasn't that much of it. Was she 20? But this was before she was kind of coquettish. She was the girl in high school with the crop top. This was, no, no, we're in a bra top. We're in leather pants. There's a thong over top of it. <laughs> yeah, and we, okay. are, we are having an orgy of sorts in an apartment yeah. with no air conditioning. And we're having a good time. There's a lot of sweating in most of her videos, which so is, yeah, it's, it's embrace. It's the club lifestyle. I also love how it's for you, like the, the number four and the letter U. I Slave absolutely love that. Right. Um, this was nowhere near the top of my list. So we might be way off on that. I had to set 11. Who are you? 11? I guess you. Uh, I thought you know number what? one was obvious. This is going to be, I know where you're going with number two. You're going to go toxic. Going with toxic at number, at right. number one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was the clear one. That was 2003. Okay. So you have the early Britney, which is, I think, more poppy, I'm innocent, sorry. you know, oops, I didn't. I- I jumped you. I didn't even let you deliver it with. No, it's okay. Cause that's where I thought you were going. That's where I thought you were going, Michelle. So I was like, you know what? I could do without it. I'd really want it, but I could do without it. But I kind of think it is the number It's the safe choice, right? This is the Andrew Luck of the draft. It's a great song. And I think it's a good mixture of her early stuff and her late stuff. It's kind of in the middle there where it's a little bit clubby, but still kind of original Britney. So I, I think the lane is actually kind of perfect. I get a bunch of different, different Britneys in this one song. I go back to this. If I have one bullet in the Britney gun, it's toxic right? It's toxic. Yeah. I don't know how you argue with the nude bodysuit. The flight attendant deal. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, that song comes on and you're pumped. Slave for you is a good song, but it's, I'm not as pumped. If come on, you're putting slave for you on over toxic. No way. If you're at a party, Michelle, if you're at a party and those two songs come on, people are way more pumped for toxic. That is not even the number one party song that I am putting on for Britney. Well, I give the next pick too. So, so slow your roll for a second. There is okay. another, oh, there's a couple party songs I absolutely need, but I feel like I already kind of have one. So I'm going to go original, you know, 1990s Britney. Although this is 2000, I think. I flip flop between Oops, I Did It Again and Baby One More Time. To me, those are the quintessential original Britney two, the pair, right? Those are the two songs mm-hmm. and everyone has their favorite. I struggled with this. I'm going to go with Oops, I Did It Again. Good. And uh, you want the other one. Okay, that's fine. I just think no, this that's is fine. Oops is great. Oops is great. I think it's a better song than Baby One More Time. I understand that Baby One More Time was iconic because of everything we talked about. How It was the beginning of Britney. I understand the importance of it. But I think Oops, I Did It Again is a better song. And she gets bonus points because in the video, there's like a space theme going on. Everybody yeah. knows how much I love space. Red, ju- <laughs> red jumpsuit and oh. kind, of, kind of the hair you have right now. Come on, number two. I get good club Britney and I get original Britney song with Oops, I Did It Again. 
Okay, I love that. As we mentioned earlier, she has the baby blue eyeshadow, the overly glossy lip. She's using her own hair as a headband. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, the red latex jumpsuit. All of us were like, what? How are you coming out in a red latex And space, don't forget about space. And space. <laughs> you know what, Steve? In the video, we're on Mars, but somehow the Titanic heart of the ocean necklace makes an appearance. Yep. This might be the best interlude or interjection in a song in history when Britney pops in and goes, but I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, how can you work that in a song? It's so it bad that it's good, you know? It's Which so goes, weird that it's great. Oh, you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then, oops, pops back in. It's classic. It's amazing. She, and she's not that innocent. Again, embracing who she is. I love mm -hmm. it. Good pick by you. Good pick Thank by you. you. I feel like I knocked out of the park with my first two here. Well, I'm going Hit Me Baby one more time with my second pick in the draft. This is 16-year-old Britney. She's a former Disney star, officially popping in to the pop world. I love the video, how it starts with her kicking the desk, then the bell rings, and all of a sudden, what is happening? Like I said, I went to Catholic school. I didn't look like that. I did not look like that. And I love that our first introduction to Britney ever is her growling. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. That's her introduction musically to the world. And the whole thing was perfection. It's iconic. The dance moves were so crisp. The video is so good, Steve, that I forgive her for wearing pigtails with fur hair ties in there. Everything else was so good. The Adidas pants, the basketball scene, the mm -hmm. bangs. I mean, forget it. I am pumped with my first two picks. That was the pick. That was 100% the pick you had to make there because- Have to. You could say that four was too low for it. You could say that. I'm, I'm happy with mine. I'm sure you are with yours, but four might've even been too low. I have three picks left and I have three songs that I absolutely want. Let's okay. see if I get them all. You're not going to get them all. I guarantee it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, because I don't, some of them, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to pick because I don't want to have... give you any hints. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Your turn. So this might be off right the now? radar. This is why I don't think, but I, I need this song, Michelle. This is my, I'm a slave for you because this is a little bit off the radar. I'm not sure if you're going to pick this, but I love this song. This is, I think her best club banger, absolute best club banger. I thought about taking this one. This is how much I love this song. This was 2011, Britney, Till the World Ends. Great song. It's so good, Michelle. I had forgotten about it and I'm going through, there was a list on variety of the top 50 Britney songs, right? I'm playing the YouTube videos. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this song. This is good. Oh, I remember the song. This song came on and the beat drops and I go, holy shit. I forgot how pumped and how much I love this song. Cause I don't, I mean, let's be honest. I don't put Britney on the car. I mean, if it comes out, I'm excited, but I'm not putting it on. So this, it had been, it's probably been close to a decade. I mean, it came out a decade ago. It's probably been close to five years since I even heard this song. But when that beat hit and that beat dropped, I'm like, this has to be on my list. Absolutely have to get this song. So I'll take till the world ends. Great pick. Great pick by you. Love the song was not in my top five, but I think it's a strong selection. From okay. You. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is playing directly into my hands, Steve, because with number three on my list, it is Britney, bitch. I'm going with Give Me More. I'm okay. going with Give Me More. She had the dark hair. It was a dark album. It was dark times for a girl. Blackout times to be specific. The Blackout album came out. Britney was struggling a little bit. And that song, despite everything that was happening in her life, was such a hit. She comes out saying it's Britney, bitch. And we're like, 
Yeah, it is. You better believe it is. I don't care what's going on in your personal life. I don't really care about what's happening at the VMAs. All I care about is that you're saying it's Britney, bitch. And it was an incredible song. It still is. Give me, give me more. I don't even need to explain it. You don't. You know what I want to say. You don't, because I wrote down, give me more. And I just put in quotes, it's Britney, the the, it's Britney, bitch song. That's all I care about. It birthed, it's Britney, bitch. So it deserves respect. Now, this was not one of the three that I wanted. Um, It was just outside the top five for me. But if you had taken one of the ones I want, I would, I would have happily taken this song. It's a great pick by you. But there are two, again, two songs that I absolutely love and that I okay. need. And I'm going to see. I got one. I, so I got one of the three. Let's see if I can go three for three. Okay. I feel like I have to go with crazy. I feel like I have to go with crazy because I'm trying to round out my playlist, right? This is another early Britney song. This is 1999. It's not Oops, I Did It Again. It's not Baby One More Time. It's just a little bit below those two songs. But it's still really, really good. And it's early Britney. Uh, so give me that one. And I'm praying that I get my last one because it might be one of my favorite songs. Are you taking regular or remix? Uh, regular, I think. Ooh, mistake. Both? Can I get both? I get I get the entire genre or all of you should, you should go the with catalog. The crazy. Here's all you need to know. The crazy remix is the one that she did the making of the video of with Melissa Joan Hart when she's in the green top and the black pants. So you need to I'll take that. that one then. Okay, I'll take also, your advice. Incredible video. There was some star power in there with Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier. She's dancing in the green top and the black pants, but she's also kind of doing like a waitress deal there. Great, great. Love that song, but not in my top five. Okay. Oh, no, okay. I just have to pray that you don't take my last one because I love this song. Okay, so I have I have one, two, three, four songs. There's a lot of great songs left. Oh my God, there's so many great songs, but I really narrowed it down. Okay, this is a gamble because my favorite Britney song is a deep track and I don't think you're going to take it. Yeah. So fingers crossed that that is still on the board for me with my final pick. And I have two slower songs that I'm choosing between. And you know what we're gonna do here, Steve, is we are gonna go with Every Time by Britney Spears. Now it was between Every Time or Lucky. I say I say by Britney Spears as if it's any other artist we're talking about, but <laughs> yeah. it's between Every Time and Lucky because Lucky is very prophetic right now that here's this girl who has it all and everybody thinks she's great but she's crying at night she's very isolated and alone and sad inside and it's a great song too by the way early morning i mean it's great we love it it is but uh, every time do not try to pigeonhole my girl into a pop dance corner okay britney can do a ballad too this was her response to justin timberlake's cry me a river this song is deep the piano chords amazing it's haunting you can feel her pain when she sings this song. The video was amazing and the tub scene in the end. Are you kidding me? Give her the Oscar now. <laughs> but anyone that's been through a really bad breakup can listen to every time and feel something. And I think this shows a deeper side of Britney that we don't normally get. And I want to show her multifaceted self to the world. So I'm putting every time on my list. Great song. Not going to argue with it. Wasn't on my list. I did have Lucky on my list, but I probably wasn't going to get to it. And this is the reason I'm going to win the draft. It's right here. If you take the song I want, I'm going to be so. I don't. I don't think so because you described slower songs, and this is a this is no, a no. club banger. No, I'm I'm ending with the banger. Those were the two slow ones. Okay. In between was lucky, and okay. Every time this is number two club banger behind till the world ends came out in 2013. Give me work, bitch. Love oh, that song. <laughs> it's so such a good song. Good. You know when I, when I saw her in Vegas, I bought a work bitch T-shirt. Oh. <laughs> 
there are no losers in this draft, Michelle, but I kind of feel like I just crushed this. You went okay, too well, deep. You went, yeah. People are going to look at my list and go, yes, 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 done. It's Rudy. Work pitch is so good. It's, it's another. So it's, it's very much like Till, Till the World Ends. I kind of forgot this song even existed. And then I'm slipping through and boom. All right, let's click this on YouTube. Oh my God. Why do I not listen to this on a regular basis? So now I'm going to start doing that. Work Bitch is such a good song. It's not quite, it's Britney Bitch, but it is that club banger type. Let me yeah. start chugging some Four Locos thing. Kind of takes me back yeah. a little bit to college. Absolutely love it. And I feel like it rounds out. So I've got two club bangers, two of the original Britney songs and Toxic, which is right in the middle. I feel like I crushed this thing. Okay, so Work Bitch, incredible song. Also great messaging for the kids. If you want a hot body, if you want a Maserati, <laughs> get off your ass stop playing video games and doing tiktoks and start working bitch. motivational speaker that's right people don't give britney enough credit for being the leader that she is but i'm commending you for your draft great i actually love my draft too the britney fans listening to this the real britney stands will absolutely appreciate this song this draft i believe steve in 2004 and this is one of Britney herself. This is one of her favorite songs that she's ever done. She actually pushed for her music label to fund a video for this because it wasn't really on an album. It was, I believe, a standalone single. She's performed it on almost every tour that she's done, including her Vegas residency, because she loves it this much. Oh, facts. And, and I do too, Steve. Rounding out my draft here, I'm going with Do Something. Uh, okay, yeah, good song. Do you want me to play it for you? Yes, play it for me. We'll do this on there. As soon as you hear it, I think you're going to go, oh, okay. Somebody give me my truck so I can ride on the clouds, so I can turn up the bass. I mean, come on. The lyrics here. Oh, it was on it. It was on a greatest hits album. Come on. Incredible song. It's good. Uh, had kind of forgotten about it. Uh, that was when I was in high school. So it was not one of the ones I put on. But if it was on, I was pumped about it. But I think you're going to, uh, this is your Britney list, so I get it. You're drafting for what makes you feel great, and that's awesome. I'm pumped for you. I just feel like the casual person is going to look at my list and go, he won. I think anyone with ears is going to put oh, my, five, my five songs together and be like, what? I haven't listened to do something in many years, and but, I should put it in the rotation. This is the first draft where there's no losers, though. Like, come on. There's, a, there's a first and a second, but nobody lost because you're just, you know, you're listening to great stuff. This will tell whether or not we have Britney diehards like you <clears throat> or more casuals like me listening to the pod. <clears throat> to recap. I have slave for you. Hit me, baby, one more time. Give me more every time and do something. I am thrilled with my list. I got every song I wanted, which you said I wasn't <laughs> going to, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I got Toxic at one. I did Oops, I Did It Again, Till the World Ends, Crazy, and then Work Bitch. I wanted Toxic, I wanted Till the World Ends, and I wanted Work Bitch. I got all three of those. And then I added the two sort of original Britney songs, the 1999, 2000s ones. I could not be happier with this draft. This is basically, I'm trying to think of like a, this is like, um, I couldn't even tell you. A draft. This is the greatest sports draft ever. I don't even know what it would be. What was the best sports draft ever? I don't even know. This is like the 84 quarterback draft, I guess. Is yeah, that what it yeah, was totally. with Marino and all those yeah. guys? I just did that. Yeah, and guess who's Marino? Do something. Okay, you, right, let, no. you let do something <laughs> slip this far in the draft. He's going to make you pay. I, I still got Elway. I got Jim Kelly. Uh, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. Let us know on the website, smalltalkpod.com, what you think of the draft. And I'm sure John will have a very comprehensive, intern John, a very comprehensive blog written about this. Yeah, we should actually do a Twitter poll. And then, yeah, definitely leave your comments. Maybe we'll have John give his top five or his winner. And I, I'm going to make a graphic too. So you can go to the website and check it out there for sure. Because we want to start doing more of that. But I had a blast. 
I had forgotten how much I love Britney and the doc. It was obviously, it was a serious subject. It got us to remember the stuff that we love about her and how much, you know, how much she had an impact on our lives. Me as a dude, I'm a 32 year old guy now these days. And I'm like, yeah, Britney, she, she shaped part of my childhood. It's awesome. I don't want to know what part she shaped, Steve. That's well, let's leave that alone. (laughs) That's for another pod. (laughs) Let's just leave that one on the table there. Okay. So if you haven't already, please head to Apple podcast, search for small talk, subscribe to it, rate it, leave a review preferably five stars in the rating there if you don't mind okay this one steve comes from vwu mush i'm assuming maybe west okay. virginia mush. Nice. it says enjoying the podcast five stars great to hear the two of them together oh <laughs> short and sweet i, I love it i love my it gran- too. my grandfather was a man of few words and I, and I loved him so much people that are a few words but make them impactful those are the kind of people you want to be so w what's his name uh west virginia whatever yep. Well, I'm just assuming that's what it means. It says W-V-U mush. Well, big fan, man. I appreciate it. Brevity is is a lost art in today's society. I love how it's like great to hear the two of them together as if we've been apart, you know? Maybe this person is just coming to the pod and didn't know we've been doing this. Episode 128, he found us. (laughs) He's got a lot. He's got a a big catalog to go check out. But hey, man, we appreciate it. That's awesome. Yes, Steve. Imagine someone who's never listened to our podcast stumbling across the Britney episode (laughs) for the first one. We like to be eclectic. We talk about a lot of different things. You would listen and think this was just a Britney podcast, which there is, by the way, on the uh, on the doc, they talk about the free Britney podcast, right? And they just talked about all our Instagram posts, which is actually a testament to how crazy her fans are that they would do a podcast just on her Instagram posts alone. Right. But uh, we're not quite at that level yet, but we're, we're striving. One day we'll get there. One day we will get there. Well, this was fun. We actually have an interview on deck next week that we're really looking forward to, but that had to be put on pause because you know that the two of us, we had to deep dive on the Britney doc once it was released. But Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, free Britney. It's Britney, bitch. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.